<laughs> All right. Back and still on the non-alcoholic train, even after I had a little slip of this week. Hey-o! Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 151 of CMD Towers and Built. I'm Mr. Commodore 5, and my fellow host could potentially be the fly on the wall piloting this Big Tuck. Oh, interesting. So I like how you still have the introductions. But we're st- now you're trying something new. We're not doing the magic card intros anymore, but there's still an extra little bit. I like it. But technically, there is a card in the deck called Fly. That is true. That is true. And a banger of a card at that. Uh, so how are you doing today? I know you're very excited for tonight, which I'm excited for you. What are you doing? Tell everyone out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I got the Godfather, uh, the creator of Half Chub, you know, all hail. Uh, <laughs> I got him for his birthday. We're, we're big Incubus fans. We've been to Red Rocks and seen him. Um, you know, I would say that's like the one band that's kind of like our connection. And uh, for his uh, birthday, I got him. Incubus did like this limited edition coffee set. It's like the ceramic mug, you know, oh, like how okay. they have morning, uh, morning view. They had morning brew. Uh, so it's oh, like this cool little collaboration. Okay. So I got that him like, like that's cool. a great, hey, that's a great gift. I bet he really he liked that. He did, you know, and because he's a coffee guy. So, you know, I yeah. got him that. And I was like, you know what? I think Incubus is coming to Kansas City. Let me see what tickets are. Because I wasn't going to pay out the, out the butt for it. Yeah, right. But the tickets were like $60. Not terrible. Where are they playing? Um, uh, they're playing at Sandstone, which is now, okay, for people that don't know anything about Kansas City, we have this outdoor amphitheater. <laughs> it's like, that's, I, I, it's, I think it changed names twice when I was living there. And it has since changed another two or three times. So <laughs> it went from Sandstone to, I think, Verizon to Cricket to Mazuma. Yes. Now it's like Azura or Azumi. Some other credit union has it, which, Azusa, you know, it doesn't Azusa, bode well Azusa, it's for Azusa. your venue. Well, yeah, you don't, you don't, you know, it doesn't bode well for your credit union or uh, your venue if only credit unions have, oh, yeah, money, <laughs> like want to give you money to have their name on your uh, amphitheater. So uh, that's exciting. I mean, that's a good venue, though. It's, yeah. it's still solid. Yeah, it's not bad. So we're, we're seeing Incubus uh, Sublime with someone called Rome. I don't know who the hell that is, uh, is opening up for them. So uh, it should be interesting, you know. Uh, we love Incubus, uh, so I assume we're just going to get a lot of the greatest hits. Uh, we are going to take some Delta 8 edibles and maybe a little vape pen with us. I was going to say, are you going to take a little, a little, bit, a little bit of your own? Uh, but no, we're, we're just real pumped. And nice. upstairs right now, I actually have simmering some uh, Xiaoming Sheng, I think is the way it's pronounced, but I just call it Beijing noodles. Uh, it's oh, this yum. great noodle dish that me and my buddy Jared had when we were in China several years ago. I found a recipe and now I got it slow simmering for a couple hours. Uh, kind of, you know, uh, what do we want to call that? Uh, reduce it. Yes. Make it a little thicker. And uh, oh man, we're, we're going to chow on some of that before the concert. It's going to be great. That sounds that sounds very exciting. Uh, my night is going to be of taking my antibiotics and going to bed at nine o'clock at night. So, so I, what's going on with you? Okay. So this week I had, uh, so I got, I think I got like a scratch when I was disc golfing from like a plant. Right. And I think I had like a minor breakout. Like it's just, you know, I was like, whatever, chomping like around. Like the thing that kills people, you know, in like 1530. Oh, how'd you die? Well, I got scratched by a plant. And, you yeah, know, exactly. So I like, I, I kind of like, it definitely had a, I had like some sort of reaction to it, but it was really small. But Saturday during the three hour long practice, 
it was so hot. I think it got like sweaty and then like spread and it got to be like this big of like, looks like a bruise, right? So luckily on Tuesday, I was going to the doctor anyway to get my last HPV vaccination. Um, So I did that. I was like, hey, while I'm here, can you guys take a look at this? And they're like, yeah, you need to get on antibiotics. (laughs) So I started that. And then uh, I'm going to the, you know, it's an international rugby tournament. Uh, and the monkey pox max, the monkey pox is like all over the place, right? It's really? Like, oh, it's big. Yeah. And also it's, in, it's very prevalent in the community of the tournament that is rep, the tournament is representing, ah. uh, which is a whole nother thing. So I had to go get, the, so I finally got a chance to go get that on Thursday. And then today I woke up and there were like bumps on my hand and on like my lower back. So I don't know what, I don't know if it's like a weird reaction to that or two vaccines in a week, or antibiotics. Uh, but I, I'm back on the NA train. I, I'm off the tobacco and just trying to hopefully recover before my flight tomorrow. Gee, many Christmas, man. Yeah, I, I had a minor monkeypox scare last oh, week. Oh, really? Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I had, uh, for some reason, Monday through Thursday, I kept breaking out in hives. But it didn't look like normal hives at first. So for, you know, your first thought is just like, it's kind of like when COVID was first a thing and someone just like yeah. offs once. It's like, oh, you got COVID, don't you? Right, right, um, right. You, yeah. you, you immediately go like to the COVID. worst case, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, but no, and, and now I'm fine because I, I looked up what monkeypox looks like and it's like, oh, <laughs> my skin does no. not look like that. Yeah. It's like pimples that are that big, supposedly. Yeah. So, and like, I don't, I, <laughs> I, there are people on the team who are going to be more at risk with their extracurricular activities than what I am. But still, there's unless we can start playing touch rugby, you're <laughs> in contact and it's spread through sweat and like skin on skin contact. So it's like, all right, I might as well be safe. I might as well, might as well do it. It's free. But they didn't yeah. give you no, no crackers, no Oreos, no juice, no nothing. Like, what I the mean, hell? Did you get that when you got your COVID vaccine? I guess not, but I mean, I got it afterwards on my own volition, but it's like, whenever you go get blood, they give you that. I understand that you have to replenish your fluids or whatever, but still, like, yeah. how about a little respect for someone who's trying to do the betterment for the world? Oh my goodness. Well, everyone, Bruise and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we have conquered our path to 32, the 12 themes of EDH decks, we have moved on to a segment called Say Yes to the Deck. And this will provide of one of our hosts. Today, it's me. Building a deck online specifically geared towards the play style or maybe a gap in the person's collection for the other big duck and a little bit challenging how they play EDH. At the end, we will see if they say yes to the deck, but of course the heart of brews and builds is still here. So we described the brewing of decks similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's ramp and setting your board state. We call that grain. And grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. The hops help with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content, or lack thereof, uh, of a beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they usually mix of staples and specialty cards. In the next one, it's how does your board interact with all of your opponents? We call that hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They'll grow a variety of strands and help su- distinguish subcategories like this hop water, which is quite delicious, uh, from our friends over at Lagunitas. Our choice helps clear and interact with the board so the deck can ultimately do what it wants. And then, of course, my favorite 
How does the deck close out and win games? We do call that yeast. You got some, there's some good ones. There's some really good ones in here. Yeast are microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol CO2. And adds al- it adds the uh, alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, be drinking flat sugar water, which is pretty much what I've been doing today. <laughs> and uh, without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then do we have shenanigans? These could be pet card synergies that could be in the deck that are just kind of fun. We call that spice. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout or the additional hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, is where we like to talk about it. And there are a few options in here, which is always difficult to do for, uh, it's always difficult to do for these say yes to the decks. Absolutely. But to seal off the episode, we do have a bottle capping, and it's going to be Big Tuck's three cuts and recommendations of the deck that'll be, well, you know, under five bucks, under $50, and a no budget. Just can't talk about those man-only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. So, you know, we're kind of at a point with our channel that Big Tuck and I are just effectively running out of decks uh, that we personally (laughs) own in paper. And, and so you're going to see more of these thought experiments challenging each other to try and build. And so that's what I was kind of looking for here. Big Tux uh, doing his uh, great EDH deconstruction movement um, and just tearing decks apart left and right. <coughs> and so I asked him, you know, what's a couple color combinations or archetypes that you're looking for that you haven't figured out yet? And he mentioned Azorius. So, of course, I immediately go to, ha, 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 maybe I could just be an asshole. and. Uh, Completely make him arch enemy. But I decided to be a little bit easier. So I thought I could use last week's chaos draft around the Esper Blink momentum that we had to do something a little bit similar, but give it a unique take. So I want you guys to welcome Amoen, the Mystic Trickster, and a very helpful... Oh, Amoen, apologies. Mystic Trickster and a very helpful background of Far Traveler. The entire purpose of this deck is for Big Tuck to get the initiative left, right, and center. So uh, I'm going to read off the kind of four components of the deck. And then Big Tuck, why don't you read off what MON and Far Traveler do after that? Will do. So the, the compo- main components of this deck, everyone, it's going to be cast spells on when they enter the battlefield. We trigger initiative, venture into the dungeon um, on some circumstances. But I'm sure as time goes on and more initiative things will be printed, yeah. Big Tuck could easily swap those out. Number two. Blink permanents to get additional triggers to enter the dungeon in the Undercity. Uh, Just do it as often as we can. Number three, make our creatures unblockable so we can get that initiative back. Because Big Tuck is in a uh, red zone playgroup. Definitely, they are going medium to tall. And they're going to hit them. And so he has to be able to get it back. And then number four, you know, do what Azorius does. We got to control the board so no one player goes a little what I call cray-cray. And really Very official term. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, we are winning off the drips and drabs via combat and dungeon under city triggers. So that was kind of my inspiration for this. Big Tuck, why don't you read what these sure. two cards do and give your two cents on if you think I was able to accomplish that. Yeah. Uh, for Traveler, for starters, two colorless and a white for legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you control, sorry, own, have at the beginning of your end step, exile up to one target tapped creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Great, right? Like, we're going to be swinging in. I'm going to want those points there. And then uh, the other commander, 
Uh, M-O-N, Mystic Trickster, two colorless and a blue for two, three legendary creature, human rogue wizard, which is actually, we'll get to that in a second, which is actually pretty smart. So Ward 2, which is great. I love that kind of, again, it's a modal ability. And then it says at the beginning of your end step, if you have the initiative, draw a card, no discard or anything, which is great. And then draw another card if you completed a dungeon and she has to choose a background 2-3. So, Mr. Combo, do you know the brief history of Imowen, uh from the game Baldur's Gate? Uh, no. Okay, well, she's the most annoying character in the entire game outside of maybe Ares. Uh, she is the first NPC that you ever get. You can immediately just kick her to the curb and not ever talk to her again. But because the second game needed more story base, it turns out she is technically your sister and a ball spawn, which means that she has God of the murder. She has blood of the murder God in her. And, but the cool thing, the thing that's really cool about it, that they did well on it is that she starts as a rogue as a thief and then dual classes later into a wizard. So, okay. Uh, but it's like, I don't want to get into the specifics of it. She's not a play. She's a playable character throughout the entire first one. And then the second one, if you, you can spend all this effort and stuff and give her all the best scrolls and everything and like power her up in the first part of the game. And then she just gets arrested and put into a spell jail for two thirds of the game. So you can like, literally we're waste talking a about bunch a video of, game, right? Yes. Yeah. Video okay. game. Baldur's, yeah. Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, Shadow of Om are the two video games, which I used to play gotcha. all the time with our mutual friend ish, Ryan Sturdivant. Uh, we've, we've, so we've gone back and forth on these things and, uh, of the say yes to the decks. And, uh, I really think that we, we have continued to kind of get closer into what, like every time we do this, right. We're always like, okay, yes, I like this, but I like, there's one piece. I'm still saying yes to the deck, so on and so forth. Right. And I got to tell you this by far and away is the best slant. So I'm just spoiler alert. This is 100% a yes. I'm just going to get that out of the way now. Ah, no! This is a, You're this ruining is, the content! I don't care! It's a slam It's a slam dunk. Uh, and here's why. You built it around a, a mechanic that is silly and has very few print qualities, which I love. You built it in colors with cards that I like. And most importantly, the thing that I like the most about it is I think this deck is really good. And there's no Ristic Study. There's no Smothering Tithe. There's there's no uh, Cyclonic Rift, right? Like, And it costs $150. I, just, like, I was looking through this and I was like, yes, there are all these. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like everything in it looks great. So I really, I, I don't know how much effort you put into this or how much thought or anything, but like this one out of all the ones that I think out of the ones even I built for you or vice versa, I think this is the one that has like hit the nail on the head to the play style, to the way he, the decks are constructed, all that sort of stuff. So I, I well, know I, we're breaking, I, the, breaking the rules here a little bit, but I, can't, I can only contain my excitement for so long. Yeah, I, and I did have a note. Um, I did specifically build this deck, excluding a lot of the staples and standards yes. for Azorius. And that's honestly just due to your play group being more middle powered. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't think the deck needed it. You know, it, it yeah. wasn't like we were hurting for card draw, so we needed Ristic Study. Um, the, I will say Smothering Tithe did come to mind just because the deck is uh, a little bit higher CMC. I think it, I believe a three, four, yeah, four. three, 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 four, five, three, four, five. Yeah. So I did think of that stuff. It was just mainly, you know, let's just see if we can get by without it. Yeah. But I, I do think a smothering type could help smooth out being able to play everything. Um, 
but yeah, it just wasn't necessary yeah. at least. But it's great. But like, like you said, like, I think it's great. Like, I think that I think some of the choices you took from, from like ramp and interaction, especially, I didn't even know were options. Um, I do like, and I think the initiative is great, but the undercity itself is, it's a, it's a good way to go through, right? It's a fun dungeon mm-hmm. to go through, but I love the fact that you can venture into other ones and kind of have two going at once, right? Because yep. my understanding is you can only go through the undercity with initiative, right? Either at the beginning of your turn or when you get the initiative again, but when you venture into a dungeon, you have to go into a different one. So you'd have well, two going at once. I do not believe that is the case. Uh, let me initiative. Let's look this up. But while you're sure looking that what... up, while you're looking that up, would you like me to go through and do some, uh, do some, uh, yeah, some more deck stats? Yes. Okay. Cool. So yes. this is this is this is costing about one hundred and fifty dollars. Um, which I saw there's like a handful of cards in here that are a little more pricey. So you could probably get that down to the hundred dollar range if you wanted to. Um, it currently has five mythics, 31 rares, 27 uncommons, 11, uh, commons. It, you nailed it with the, uh, with the, with the pie chart, hundred percent uh, on the lands there. So, uh, g- good job on that. And it's currently rated as a four 42% casual 58 competitive, which is, I don't know. It reads kind of probably about right. Like maybe if you, but like, I think this is because your Zeatora six CMC one was like 75%, right? Yeah. So like just reading through this, I feel like this is way more competitive than that one, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and the actual, uh, at least with MTG fandom, if a player is already entered in a dungeon different from Undercity, when the initiative triggers, it moves further into that dungeon. So I'm oh. 99% sure you could only get to the Undercity via initiative. But when you gain the initiative, if you're already in a dungeon, I'm 90% sure you have to complete that dungeon before you can actually go to the Undercity. And then, and then okay, and then when it's, when you get the, if you ha- get the initiative, you go into the Undercity, then you venture into a dungeon, you just go down the Undercity, right? Okay, you got, got it. it. You can only have one active dungeon you yes. only have one active dungeon at any time, and you can only have the Undercity if you took the initiative, right? Correct, correct. Because the Undercity is a dungeon. It's just only accessible via initially via initiative. Initiative, right. And uh, the initiative is maybe, like, just the last thing before we start diving into this, I think it's my second favorite mechanic under Monarch. Because it forces people to attack you. The dungeon's super fun. It creates really fun board states. And being able to take the initiative multiple times in a single turn with blink effects is going to be amazing. So I, it's, I, it, it's, I'm so excited to, to play this. I, I probably will be building it in real life. <laughs> so the only question I have for you before we get going, and you don't name any card names. You've already spoiled enough, yes, OB. <laughs> Was there any cards in here that you were just shocked I didn't put in outside of the Azorius staple standards. You know, I'm sure you were surprised I didn't have Rift or, or shit like that in there. Yeah, not or just not just really. overall. Was there anything just blare, glaring? No, like the the picks the the ones I'm putting in are very like I I think they're really strongly synergistic cards that are kind of like pet cards of mine as well, right? Which like, but no, I like I thought there's like a good amount of removal. Um, it seems like it'd be super consistent, right? Like you have, and like, there's enough, I feel like there's enough Azoria staples in here where it can do some heavy lifting, where some of the more obscure, um, initiative adventure cards may be a little slower. So yeah, okay. no, I thought, I thought it pretty much had everything that it needed and I was looking for. So awesome. Like I said, you well, nailed, you nailed it, man. 
No, I didn't. You don't, no one knows that yet. Uh, collective oh, yeah. people listening, uh, earmuffs. Redact redacted. Redacted. All right. Well, before we get into this deck tech, we would love it if you guys could support us. I mean, we're streaming live on Twitch and YouTube. You guys will hear this on every audio platform next week. We'll be able to watch the recording on YouTube. Uh, we're constantly trying to innovate and create new content and improve the content. So our patron program is the easiest way to do that, to be honest. Patreon.com slash Tower. Uh, would just love it if you guys could uh, go in for either $1, $5, $15, 25 a month um, and be able to contribute. You know, for any of our $5 up tiers, we do give you merchandise uh, right out of the gate. Plus, whenever we do come out with new merch in the future, if it aligns to your tier, you automatically get it at no cost. Um, all of those directly go to funding the channel. Uh, a big one that that uh, definitely took out of the CMD Tower Penny book yesterday was booking these stupid-ass Ruby statuses for uh, <laughs> Command 30 down in uh, Vegas. $350 just going yeah, to the fan zone. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But hey, that's 700 bucks. uh that comes from you guys, kind of. <laughs> a little bit from my pocket, too. But that's okay. Uh, anything you guys can do would help. Patreon.com slash Tower. Well, we're going to start with the grains. And Big Tuck, I always forget. With it's a say yes to the deck, who actually starts? Is it me because I created I, it? Or I is think it you because okay. it's yours? I feel like it's the person, the person who starts every time is the person who uploaded the deck. Okay, okay. So if it's... If, if it's uh, this is the deck that you uploaded to it. So I think you start with it. Okay. What about that? Okay. Well, let's start then with a card that when I saw it printed, I'm sure it probably had some decent standard play, but I was just, I don't know. It just didn't really look good to me from a commander standpoint, but it's a modal card, which Tuck and I love. It has three ETB effects. Let's go. And we're going three, yes, yes, two, yes, one. Yes. Charming, Charming Prince. Prince from that from that goddamn set every time. <laughs> wait, wait. I got it. I got it. Oh! There we go. Oh, it's starting to fill right. up. Colorless white creature human noble rare from Throne of Eldraine. It's of course. Two, two. And Tuck, just, just hit it. What are the three ETBs the that you get to pick from? I would say there's two that are solid and one that is not so hot. Uh, one of the solid ones is Scry 2. Very helpful with the amount of card draw that we're going to have in this deck, right? Um, the other, the least helpful one is you gain three life, which is like the same thing as sacrificing a food, I guess. So if you're in a pinch, sure. Uh, sure. And then the last one is exile another target creature you own, return it to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. So again, I love it how you can use this to exile something that has the initiative. At the end of your turn, we have other blink effects. So you can potentially blink this one to blink that one again and get two ETBs, those sort of things. So I, I agree with you. Like, I think this is a card. It's also $3.45, which I think is kind of insane. That's absurd. It's such a cool card and it's so funny with the name in it. So, but it's the same thing. It's like kind of in a human deck maybe, but I, I think it's a really good fit in here. Yeah, see, I like this card because of the modality. You don't feel bad playing it as early as you possibly can. Like, we always yes. talk about sometimes these cards, it's like, man, you kind of need to hold on to it to that mid-game because, you know, it's going to do X, Y, Z. Like, honestly, right. if this was just ETB, exile another target creature, your own, blah, 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 then you do have to figure out, okay, I got to wait and have something out there that I can do it. But it's like, no, turn two, okay, I'll do it, scry two, let's fix my next Perfect. couple yep. draws. It'll be there. If it dies, 
our boy with the three CMC tribal is still in the deck. We won't name certain Titans. Oh, wait, shit. Um, so, you know, we're going to be able to get him back, but it, I just love that this yeah. is early game, mid game, late game. It don't yeah. matter game. It's going to do something. Two, two blocks elves. I mean, it, yeah, I think it's a real, I think it's a really solid pick in here. All right, Tuck, why don't you give us your second one then? So this is one that I almost was like, I'm just going to put this into every deck because I feel like I'm just going to shoehorn it into every deck because I feel it's one of the more innocuous, efficient ways to take the dungeon, to take the initiative, and you could bring Uh, it with you on your back. Oh my gosh. Wait, no way. Two for two. Three, (laughs) two, one. Dungeoneer's, Dungeoneer's pack. pack. This card's incredible. Thirty. And see, it's I'm so it's so easy. I'm like so close to just putting it one in every deck. Just cut like a three CMC mana rock and just put this in here. So three three colorless for an artifact. It's an uncommon for five cents. Uh, Dungeoneer's pack enters the battlefield tap, so you kind of have to wait for it. But at the low low cost of two mana and tapping it, what do you get, Mister Combo? You get to sacrifice it. You get the initiative. You gain three life. You draw a card. And you get to create a treasure token. The only other downside beside it entering the battlefield tap is that you can only activate it as a yeah. sorcery, which kind of sucks. But I thought this was so cute. Oh, it's amazing. Because we have the Titan boy in here. Yeah. You'll be oh, doing yeah. this. You'll be getting it back. And you'll be, I, I can see you in one game, Tuck, just shoehorning away to crack Dungeoneer's pack at least four or five <laughs> times. Well, and the best part is it's like, uh, people play that Traveler's Amulet all the time, right? Because it's like the mm-hmm. one drop. This effectively does that too because the first step of the dungeon is you get a land back to your hand. So, or you get, oh, you get to tutor for a land like straight out the gates, right? So it even has that, fixes your lands, secret entrance, search library for basic land card, reveal it, put in your hand, then shuffle. So I know I have this in my Queen Marquesa deck because I'm trying to shovel everything I can into that one. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think I think it's sneaky good, right? It kind of pays for itself. Um I don't know. I think I think it's great. Oh no, it's absolutely awesome. So for five cents, right. nonetheless. Well, we're two for two. I'm a little worried we might be three for three because I feel like this card does scream big tuck. But this is an enchantment that forces okay. you to attack, or you have to sacrifice it. Enchantment. Quite curious about your obsession. It's curious obsession. Oh yes. Uh, single blue enchantment aura. It's an uncommon for four fifty to six dollars. Uh, yeah, but it's because it's that good, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus one plus one and has whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card at the beginning of your end step. If you didn't attack with a creature this turn, sacrifice creature obsession. So this does, I think, a few things for you in this deck. Initiative primarily is triggered off of damage and being able to get that back. So I Mm -hmm. I genuinely believe you'll be attacking with a creature every single turn. Second, get your card draw for the low cost of one mana from your hand. Super, super great. But the thing I love about it is that even if someone, uh, you know, Dryad Arbor is kind of a a bad example, uh, Darksteel Mutation. Someone Darksteel Mutations your creature with Curious Obsession you don't have to attack with that creature that's enchanted. You can attack with any creature on your board and you still get to keep the Curious Obsession on your battlefield. Right, right, right. That's the thing I really enjoy about it. Plus, Titan. That's all, So this one was, it, there's like, there's two cards in the grain that 
I think both it's it's hard. I think one of both of them are kind of on the block for me a little bit, just because we it, this is kind of like a one time go, right? Like unless you have the Sun Titan, which is great, right? How is it a like, one time go? Well, because if you bounce, if you put it on a creature and then have to bounce it or something like that, it falls off and goes into the graveyard, right? I just mean like it's like if we're playing the blink, if we're leaning more into the blink theme, you got to be really careful where you're putting this, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but I do like I do like the fact that you're going to be attacking, like the the part in the end where it's like you're not attack, like you have to attack every turn. Might as well be. I think, in my opinion, that's a blank. Like that might as well just be blank on this on this card, right? Because I am getting yeah. the red zone all the time. And if you put it on your commander and want to do some sneaky stuff with her, getting two draws for free is solid as well. So I don't dislike the card. Again, this the the cutting was very difficult. My only thing was. We're not really playing in too many enchantments, and we only have some time to recur it with. But it is a really, really good pick. Yeah, I, I guess the the last thing I would say to that, Tuck, is if the argument is ever only Sun Titan can get it back, well, then we should probably cut the Dungeoneers pack because Sun Titan is the only but thing that, that one gives you the back. initiative. That gives you the initiative. I don't care. I don't care. Gives you the initiative. That wasn't part of your reason. They're part it's of a your gift reason that keeps was on giving for the rest of the game. The Sun Titan thing applies to anything. And the blink thing, you're not going to be blinking every single creature you have. True. I mean, that's that's just the fact of the matter. Um, there's going to be creatures that you do not want to blink because of whatever the ability is. So you're going to have targets for Curious Obsession and the whole like, well, if I blink it, it's going to fall off. It's like, well, I guess that happens if you're a bad magic player. You, should, you shouldn't put it on something that's going to be blinked. But again, yeah. you, like I said last time, you asked me to cut cards, so I have to make the cut somewhere. Yeah, do better. God, jeez, Lord. All right. Well, why don't you give us your only, like me, <laughs> unique <laughs> pick of the two of us? I thought this was going to be the one you're going to talk about because this is also my wheelhouse. Uh, another slam dunk initiative pick, Saravox Tome. Come on. Ah. Four, col- four colorless for an artifact, Saravox Tome. When it enters the battlefield, you take the initiative. You can tap it and add one colorless. If you have the initiative, you get two colorless instead. Uh, and then lastly, three colorless and tap. Exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Activate only if you've completed a dungeon. So again, right down the right down the pipe with me. The thing I like about this too is I think one of the cards in here that is going to be extremely overpowered is Teleportation Circle because oh, yeah. it can target creatures and artifacts. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to have no problem rushing through and getting this du- getting these dungeons done to not only make it cost you know it half pays for itself i suppose um mm-hmm. as well as giving you that ability of flipping stuff off the top of the deck yeah i i think that's pretty that's great cool. i mean it, it does give you this really interesting wheel effect if you're able to complete a dungeon mm-hmm. um you know just like all right let's spin it see what i get off the top um so i, I do think that's pretty unique uh and i do also like that it pays for 50 percent immediately yep. when it comes out because four isn't great for a, a, a essentially colorless mana rock. Yeah, right. I wish it was add any mana of your color, of any color identity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then add yeah. two. If, you know, you yeah, have the initiative, that would have been, I think, a little bit more palatable for me. Um, but, but it is only no, two, I, I, it, it is only two colors, right? So I think you can kind of get, a, you can kind of get away with more of these colors, only artifacts there. And then the other fair. thing to just let you know is that Saravok is the person this is named after is technically Imowen's half brother. So there you go. Another and ball with that, spawn. Morthos nerds. We're going to leave the grain section. And before we head over to our next one, uh, we would love for you guys to check out our Etsy store, etsy.com. Um, and just type in CMD tower 
into the search bar. We do have updated artwork so you can get clear, uh, crisp views of the different merchandise that we have on there, whether it's foil play mats, the different Monarch and um, reminder tokens, or even as we now start to get into fall and winter, we do have those Jund sweaters wow. on there. Um, and I will not, we will not be buying more of those. So when they're gone, they're gone. So definitely go check it out. Anything you do on there, once again, kind of goes to the fund of helping keep this channel alive. So just remember Etsy.com, head over, type in CMD Town. Now let's get to the hops and Big Tuck. Hopefully one of us has a unique thought this go around. What was your potential unique thought? So I think that one of the ways that we're really going to get through and win this game is going to be through chip damage and getting benefits off of attacks, no matter what the size. So getting something that not only gives you the initiative, but is going to give you a little helper every turn that you have the initiative, which you should, to be able to get it back, uh, I think it's really worth is really worth the weight in gold. So in that case, Feywild, take Feywild Caretaker uh, I think is a great card in here. So four colors and a blue for a creature orc wizard. It's a three, four when it enters the battlefield, you get the initiative. So again, you get to go tutor for your mana or continue down through the dungeon. And then the beginning of your end step, if you have the initiative, create a one, one blue fairy dragon creature token with flying. Uh, this was a card that was like a curse card during pre-release. It was so hard to break through. It did so much work. And just having that little dragon lying around for blockers, for anything, is so useful. I Like I said, I'm when I'm playing this, I want to get the initiative as much as possible. Hopefully twice, hopefully twice a turn if I can, either by taking it or starting with it, then playing something else as the initiative. So the fact this is a great blink target and gives you something bonus for having the initiative, great card across the board. Yeah, you know, it's... It's all right. I mean, it kind of reminds me of that um, Lieutenant blue card. I think that's a two colorless blue where uh, if you got your commander at your instep, I think you make a one one Drake. We might be we might be talking about that one later. Oh, God. Um, so, you know, I, I like it. I mean, the five mana for me is a bit steep, but, you know. I, I I hear you. you. You need blockers, and you also need flyers that can get through and get the initiative back. So it's hitting a lot. You need of every single card in here that says "take the initiative" on it. So I'm taking. That's it. true. All right. Well, my first one. So it looks like you and I went in different angles. So obviously, with this deck, we're just trying to do initiative and in dungeons as often as I can. You need ways to slow down your opponents even a little bit, but also provide some abilities to do other things. So I thought this Lawbringer Sphinx was just phenomenal. Uh, I'm talking Azer the Lawbringer. This is two colorless, white, white, blue, blue, legendary creature Sphinx. It's a 6-6 six, six for a buck 50, and it's a mythic. That's flying. <laughs> Get that initiative back. Um, whenever it ETBs, each opponent can't cast instant or sorcery spells during that player's next turn. When Azur attacks, you may pay X, white, blue, blue. And if you do, you gain X life and draw X cards. I don't think you're ever going to just have a plethora of excess mana at the end of your turns to do that last effect. Probably um, not. So I, I don't really see that being a play. But I do see, okay, I need to get that initiative. Let me get through. Boom, I got the initiative yeah. back. All right, I'll blink Azer. Now you guys can't do instant and sorceries during your next turns. And I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to do it again. And you're not necessarily saying that they can never play instance because they just can't do it on their turn. They can do it on other right. people's turn. Uh, yeah, it does kind of lock out the sorcery piece, which I think this deck, if a board white hits it, 
that just hurts. It hurts yeah, real bad. That hurts. And then also sorceries are usually the ways that green ramps out. So if you can get Azor down quick, then it's then it makes it even harder for them to catch up and harder for them to do their big mana things. So yeah, I like it. Um, I think, and I kind of agree with the last part. I think this deck is going to be pretty mana hungry. So I think that's going to be maybe just like a, well, I don't have anything else in hand. I'm just going to, I'm going to time walk myself just so I can go and refill my hand and get some life back. But I think yeah. it's, I think it's good enough. And a six, six flyer is anything to blow your nose at. Right. So like Very that's fair. still going to hit hard. So yeah, I like it. I think it's a fun inclusion. All right. Well, what's your next hop? So this is the one that. This was this was one of the cards where I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely a Mr. Combo deck because it's not infinite, but this definitely is a pretty dastardly stacks piece if you play it correctly. Uh, another uh, another one from the Azorius from the Azorius block of the guild as well. Who also I have played against as a commander, detaining the table. Yes, and I have played against her as a commander, and it is awful. Three, two, two one, one. Lavinia, Lavinia of the 10th. Uh, Detain. Wow. What were they thinking? So three colorless. <laughs> they weren't. Uh, they weren't. No, it's horrible. Three colorless uh, Azorius. That's a white and a blue for a 4-4 four, four legendary creature human soldier with protection from red. And then a whole big block of text after that that I'm going to leave to Mr. Combo. Oh, Lord. ETBs. Detain each non-land permanent your opponent controls with CMC 4 or less. And you don't know what detain is. Doesn't shock me because it's a very nope, I, niche effect. I think it's I think it's been printed on like five cards, and I'm gonna look that up right now to figure it out. Uh, until your next turn, those permanents can't attack or block, and their activated abilities can't be activated. So I just want you guys to to remember. So a treasure can't be used. Yeah. Mana rocks can't be used. Lightning greaves can't be used. It just destroys decks especially yeah. speedy decks yeah it's it's borderline like if there is if this deck was built a little more aggressive it might be on the chopping block for me just because it is so strong but we don't have a way to tutor it right it is only it's only a 4-4 path to exile it's gone for the game and that sort of thing so i like i i think in a deck like this this is a totally fair card to have out just to slow people down who are going who are doing prosper and creating gazillion treasures right or doing uh elf elf ball and they have a gazillion things to tap down so i think it's a beatable card in this thing now if you'd come out with this as a commander i'd be like i'm not so sure about that but i think it's a good i think it's a true hop card in here that's not beatable and is really going to help you interact with the board and win the game yeah and um the only thing i'll add to that don't feel bad if you put a stacks piece in your deck because like I and I'm I was infamous for this with my Rakdos Greven deck, uh, putting yeah, dampening, damp sphere, dampening sphere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, initially I think Tuck, you were like, "Well, why? Why in the hell would you do that?" And it's like, "Look, my deck runs slow. I'm yeah. not trying to stop people, but I really need them to slow down so that way I can try to catch up." And you know, now that kind of gets into the argument of people being like, "Well, you should build your decks faster," and it's like, "No, I don't want to." But right. I also don't want you to win before I can even show what my deck wants. So Lavinia the Tenth isn't going to win you the game by any stretch of the imagination, no. but it will let you play a part in the game and not stress about the fact that you're not doing Ancient Tomb, Mana Crypt, this, yeah. that, and you know, just playing super high powered. And I think, yeah, like I guess I, I misspoke. What I should have said, the way I should have phrased it was, this is a card that will let you not lose the game. 
right? Yes. Keep, this is a card. It may not win it for you, but it's going to keep you in it because everyone yeah. else is going to be so far slowed down. Completely agree. All right. Well, I only got one card left. Um, and this is one that is going to save you from a board wipe. It's instant speed. But the cool thing is that you could still use it at, you know, just even during your turn to get all those ETB effects. That is We're going card. to Ghost Away. Ghost Away. Ghost Away. Uh, $13. Yeah. Hell. Yikes. Uh, Only been so printed once, I think, so. Oh. Uh, Two colorless white uh, instant. Hey, it was printed the year we uh, graduated. Ice what? Yeah, really? 2006. Nice. Uh, remove each creature you control from the game. Return those creatures to play under their owner's controls at end of turn. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, board white yeah. goes on the stack. Cyclonic Rift goes on the stack. You know, hey, let's just ghost away. We'll come back. But I think this is that modal card where it's in here for the hop effect to protect you from the board wipes. But Tuck, this could be a yeast card where at the end of game, you're like, you know what? If I'm able to get 15 dungeon triggers, I think I got it. When that right. sounds ridiculous, but you have so many creatures in here and effects that trigger venture or initiative. Right. It's not unrealistic to and, say. And, and ways to double those up potentially in the different categories. Or well, even so. double and double. So, yeah. yes. So yeah, like I think I I completely agree, right? And I think this is like Premier Blink. I like that this one's all targets of yours, right? So it is like that sort of like easy easy include board wipe protection. Um, yeah, I I think it's a really cool card. I'm pretty sure that there's versions of this that cost significantly less money. So I might sub it in for I might sub one out for that uh, if and when I do end up building this. But like I said, yeast card flexible and prevents people from interacting with your board. Hop card all the way. Oh, well, and I'm sorry. What do you mean if you're building it? You already said yes. It's clear that you're building it. I think I was I was thinking about this. I think I I, I literally so think I have copies of every single one of these and most of these stuff, most of the stuff I have in bulk. So it's either that or I'm going to have to spend $20 to get this going. And I'd, I'd rather spend $20 on this deck than play, than never play my other Azorius deck, which is about how many reps I get in with it a year. So that's fair. All right, well, give us your final hop card. All right, this guy, I think, is going to be doing tons of work in here. Uh, we are going to be attacking a lot, folks, which means our defenses are going to be down. But when our boy White Plume Adventurer finally goes through the dungeon so in the Undercity, not going to be a problem anymore. So White Plume Adventurer is a two colorless and a white for a creature or cleric that's a 3-3. Three, three. When an ETBs, you take the initiative, already a slam dunk in there. And then at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, Untap a creature you control. If you've completed a dungeon, untap all creatures you control instead. So we're not playing with, I think the, some people would say like, oh, you need to play with the synergies to like tap and untap. We're not going through that whole rigmarole. That's way too much to go into. Regardless, even if it's just untapping a creature each turn, you can untap your blockers. You can untap your tokens and start getting defenses up. A lot of options here for this. So for me, I think, like we said, completing the dungeon is going to be fairly trivial in my opinion. Uh, so getting pretty much, you know, was that, um, seedborn muse with your deck is insanely strong. So I, I love this card. This is a card that I'm trying to put into more decks as well. Yeah. And actually the only reason I included it in the deck, just being honest, is I started to think, what if we don't have blink abilities on the battlefield? And we still, because if you think about it, when you blink your creatures, it's effectively untapping all of yeah, them. Yeah, then yeah. you have your blockers. Yeah, you got your but You, you, you want to have a plan, you know, T, Q, P, 
Uh, you can't just have A, B, and C. And so at least White Plume Adventurer, it, it's in the hops because it does give you the initiative, so it does directly what your deck wants. It does untap some blockers, which is what your deck is going to need. And it's not a spice because it's not yep. so fringe, but it's really just there as a, an alternative option. If you can't blink everything, hey, I could still attack. I could still get my attack triggers. And I don't need to worry about the clap back because I will be able to untap everything. Yeah. And I like I said, I, I think if it's if it didn't have the initiative, definitely more of a spice. But the fact that it gets that train going as well, so good. So good. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the hot profile. And before we head over to the next section, we would love for you guys to check out abyssproxyshop.com. Be sure to use code CMDTOWER. Also, we have updated our link tree uh, with their uh, website and discount code posted. And on top of that, we created a second one underneath of that that'll directly link you to the custom gallery. So I always talk about oh. you know, the custom gallery, being able to see the hundreds, if not thousands of different arts that they've done and frames and things like that. Um, I would highly encourage you to go on there. It's literally $5 a card. This card stock's great. I know members of the collective have done it. A lot of our personal friends have done it as well. Um, and every single purchase you guys make using our discount code does give a little bit of financial relief back to the channel. So if you're going to need a playtest card or a proxy, just remember abyssproxyshop.com. Now, let's head over to the yeast. And uh, I'm worried we're going to be aligned on a lot. So let's just get it out of the way. We got, a, we got another background in here. Oh, yep. <laughs> yep. Three, two... One dungeon delver. dungeon delver, right? Okay, good. Yep. <laughs> These background cards are so good. Like I have not seen many people play them since they've come out. They're insane. If you're playing a top-down deck, literally look into these things. It's like free. It's free of effects on whatever deck you're trying to do. It's so good. I would disagree with you there, but this card is very good for this deck. Colorless blue, legendary enchantment background. It's an uncommon for a nipple. Yep. Commander creatures you own have room abilities of dungeons you own trigger an additional time. It's so insane. It's absolutely insane because that's exactly what your deck wants. I need to get one of these for my Sephiroth deck. Um, yep. I love that it costs three mana or less because this is a card that will make someone burn their enchantment removal on oh, you, hands down. Um, th this, was, this was one where uh, in the pre-release, the initiative was so popular like because you don't like a lot of rares and whatnot just take the initiative, right? And when you attack someone, you get it back. As soon as this one, if someone came up and this was one of their backgrounds, they're just like, oh, no. Like this is we got like whatever enchantment removal we have, we have to stop this, right? Like yeah. two four one skeletons with menace, two treasure tokens, like that's just in the undercity, right? So it's really, 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 really strong. Yeah, I, I couldn't I could not disagree with anything you said. The only thing I'm gonna give 15 seconds backgrounds are not automatic slam dunks into the 99. The reason you're not seeing them is because it is an enchantment that is limited to only your commander. When you would rather have an enchantment that interacts with any creature you have on the battlefield, so they're good. They're they're really cool, especially when you have them in the command zone. But I don't think they're just an auto include in any deck that oh, cares about so. a top down commander. I think some of them are. It's a, it's Man, such a limit, but it's limited. It only works if your commander is on the battlefield. And heck, I even think during our last uh, hashtag scr, one person didn't even play their commander that game. What? Yeah. So. Anyways, weak. Uh, Tuck, what is your second one? So this is a card that beat me four times during the pre-release, and I opened one and then beat someone else with it. 
Uh, and it's, I don't know. We don't have, I, I think if this card just said instant and sorcery, that wouldn't be so hot. But the fact that this one will copy any spell, no matter what, and then do it again is insane. Are you ready, sir? Oh, I'm ready. Three, two, one. Tomb, Tomb of, of Horrors, Horrors Adventure. Adventure. It's wow. It's freaking bonkers. So it's a it's a little expensive. It's a little on the expensive side, but it's worth it. Five colorless and a blue for a creature elf monk. That's a four four. When it enters the battlefield, you take the initiative. But that's not all, folks. It gets much much scarier after that. Mister Combo, what is left on the card? Well, um, whenever you cast your second spell, 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 spell. each turn, copy it. So, creature spell, you get two. Get two. If you've completed a dungeon, copy that spell twice instead. And, of course, you may choose new targets for the copies. Uh, a copy of a permanent spell becomes a token. It's Holy so, it's hell. so good. I saw someone take... I saw someone go through the entire Undercity twice in a turn with this card. So, I genuinely have a question for you, Tuck. Um, yeah. And I'm not trying to be exaggerating. This seems like an auto-include in a lot of decks that run blue, right? Even if you don't care about the initiative? I think I think so. Like, six mana, you get a copy spell? Yeah. It's like, I mean, like, hive mind costs that, right? But, like, yeah. I think I I think it's really good, right? And I think the, the, big, the big trick, too, is each turn, right? So if you're in your spell slingers, you're going to be able to get that sort of value, even if you're cantripping and that sort of thing. I haven't seen it. We no no one out here plays blue unless you count like blue and sil and slivers as playing blue. So I haven't seen this one out here, but I do think it's really strong. I think it's insanely strong in any of these initiative decks, the blink decks, the whole nine yards. So um, I have one already, which is great, even though it's only twenty one cents. But <laughs> it's just one less I got to put in my TCG order. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you got you got a last one. I, I really wish that you could rule zero and put this in as a companion because it would be, that would make, that wouldn't be like my dream of being able to have three effective things in the command zone, but okay. you, they, no one will let you do that because Yorian, the sky nomad will oh. force you into building an illegal EDH deck. So Three colorless, uh, and Azorius, Azorius, that's blue, white, blue, white. For legendary creature, bird, serpent, that's a four, five companion. Uh, your deck must, con con must consist of at least 20 cards more than the minimum deck amount. So 120 cards in commander, probably not fair. Uh, it's a four, five flyer. And then when it enters the battlefield, exile any number of other non-land permanents you own and control. Return those cards to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step. So I think once you kind of get the wheels rolling, Yorion is just the target that you do for your Conjurer's Closet, for your Charming Prince, for everything else, and just stack all those things up and just start untapping everything else, Wait. bouncing itself. Does oh it go my. infinite with Charming Prince? Actually, now that I, I think about it. Well, it goes infinite, but not because it's the beginning of the next end step. So essentially, oh. you would end up in a loop where everyone's turn, one or the other is blinking and blinking ah. all your stuff out. So you can just wait, like, I mean, then you just charge through the Undercity or the Madman, the, the Mage of the Madman kind of. or whatever, right? Wow. That's, that's pretty Whoops. crazy. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, so yeah I, I, 
I think it's great. And like a, a four or five flyer, which again, we don't have that many big stuff. So just having something to gum up the board like that, that has this monster ability on it. I love it. I, I think, I think, I think it's a great inclusion in here. Yeah. And, and I, I'm glad you like it. You know, I've never seen Yorian in a deck to be honest. And I think it's because we all are just like, Oh, it can't be a commandian. Yeah. And so it's just like, all right, well, I think, I think, uh, I think single Aaron was using this as commander for a while, not as a, uh, companion, but uh, he goes through deck so quickly. I can't, I don't even remember if that was something he played, but yeah, I thought the effect was powerful enough to keep it in here. And on top of that, I like the flying because we're going to need to get the initiative back. So Yorian's just going to kind of hit on a lot of levels for us. Definitely. All right. What's your last one? Uh, so mine, um, man, I I'm kind of scared to see this deck. Um, we're talking Radiant Solar because oh, when we blink yes. everything and they have their own initiative adventure triggers, how about we give them an additional one? Uh, five <laughs> colorless white creature angel. It's a rare. It's a three six and it has flying and lifelink. You can pay a white discard. Oh my god! Engine and gain three life. Holy or, shit, I didn't read that second part of that second ability. You should have. Uh, <laughs> whenever Radiant Solar or another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, venture into a dungeon. Good so let's God. Let's just play it out. You blink five creatures, and Radiant's one of them. They all come in, and you're going to get five venture into the dungeon triggers on top of any additional triggers that those creatures have as well. Very much, Tuck, in one turn, you might go through two dungeons on that's one. What that's what I was just going to say, because I just counted. The Undercity has five. Five steps in it. So you can easily go through that twice. Uh, and for those who don't know, uh, just playing the home game, the last bit of the Undercity, Throne of the Dead 3, put reveal the top 10 cards of your library, put a creature card from among them on the battlefield with three one counters on it. It gains hexproof until your next turn, then shuffle. Woof. Wow. Just imagine doing that twice. It's insane. So now I will tell you, Tuck, the, just because remember we read the initiative earlier. If yes. you do actually build this and, and something like this happens, you have to stack it correct. Because Radiant Solar says venture into the dungeon. Oh, right. If, if, yeah, if you end up going through the Undercity, you'll end up being forced into a dungeon after a that. You won't one, be able yeah. to go back to the Undercity. So if you're really just trying to stay in the Undercity, it's like, okay, where am I at? Okay, I need three triggers, so I want to stack these three. Right. You'll be able to reorder them however you want because they all enter at the same time. Um, and then you'll want to make sure, okay, these three get me through completed. I need to get an initiative here to get back into the right. Undercity. And then, you know, we can continue on the train. So good. It's so, so good. good. All right. Well, so everyone, that's going to wrap up the yeast profile. Now we're going to head over to the spicy meat of ball and Big <laughs> Tuck. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go first this time because I don't do any cuts on the say yes to the deck okay. so that I build. Um, and mine's pretty quick because we're going to approach. Are you going to approach? I don't yes. think you are. Oh, you are? No, oh, no, no. I will, oh. I will approach this deck, but I'm not going to approach right now. Uh, so I, I threw an approach of the second sun. Yes. Um, this was actually a last minute ad. I had cut a different, I can't remember the card that I had cut. But I, I did cut one from the deck that didn't end up working how I wanted. And I, I have a little, I have some logic behind it. So six colorless white sorcery. If approach from the second sun was cast from your hand and you've cast another spell named approach of the second sun this game, you win the game. Otherwise, put approach into its owner's library seventh from the top. You gain seven life. It's in here and in spice. 
because this is obviously not what your deck wants to do. Your, your deck isn't trying to approach the second sun into a win. But your deck needs alternative ways to win. And I believe with all these ventures and initiatives yeah. and all the stuff, you're going to be drawing a crap ton of cards. Absolutely. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that in one turn you could cast Approach of the Second Sun, go to combat, get get your 1,800 triggers, <laughs> draw seven cards, and then cast it in your second main phase. <clears throat> That's not out of the realm. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that, too. And like you said, you're drawing away. Uh, it's going to hold up someone for counter magic. I think it's I think it's perfectly fine. I think it's a spice for sure, right? We're not tutoring to go get this. It's going to be a nice win. But with the amount of cards and blank and everything that we're using, I it's not like Charming Prince right there, right? Like that's two off the top. Your commander oh, draws yeah. two. So at the beginning, so if you have if you can blink Charming Prince and your commander, that's four cards that you've shuffled through in one turn, right? So I, that's and that doesn't see. I don't think that's too far of a too oh. too far of a of a limb to stand out on, right? Yeah, really, the only thing I would say in this deck that's quote unquote a stretch is if you're creating the magical Christmas land of like uh, Brago and Charming Prince and Conjurer's Closet and, and Zor yeah. and Lavinia, and it's like, oh, okay, okay, settle the hell down. But right, right, right. I think we have enough redundancy through this deck that having something that ETBs um, gives you initiative and something else that ETBs exiles something else, yeah. I, I, I think that's going to happen a lot. All right. Well, there's three other cards. I'm going to assume it's the one that I don't know if that's if it's its middle name or <laughs> a sneeze. He's a he's a sun monk. Don't you understand? I, uh, I and also one of the worst characters in the game. He's completely trashed. So we well, are I talking Emma about Win was <laughs> no, she's good. She well, <sighs> she's uh -oh. she has thief and casting. So mages are the most strong, strong are the strongest. And the fact that she has thief. As a beginning one is also pretty uncommon in the game, so Emmaun's okay. not bad. She's just annoying because she's always mm. like, ah, ah, "I don't want to let you hurt my friends." Uh, the other one, Ari, who's like an elf mage cleric who had her wings cut off. It's she's the worst, but she's really strong. So, anyways, Rasad in Bashir is a Sun Soul monk uh, that costs. Two, he's a human monk, uh, two colorless and a white for an O three. Each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. But when he attacks, if you have the initiative, double the toughness of each creature you control until end of turn. How is this a spice? Like this is, a, I think this is one of the main ways you win, right? So it's a spice because we're, he we're also not, has to attack. Well, no, it's a spice because I was looking through the deck. I don't actually know how prevalent the toughness, like. Not most of them have the same power and toughness. There's like a handful of creatures that the toughness is bigger sure. than the power. So that was just kind of my thought. It's like this seems more wall esque, but it does have some synergies with dungeons and initiatives. So yeah, have it in. But it, and it, this is one that if you were like, yeah, I think that's a little too sweaty for me. I'd have been like, oh, okay, that's fine. The double no, I I see. I disagree because it, like the toughness, even if it's. If there are two one, right, that's kind of sucks because mm -hmm. when you double that. But if they're uh, two three or something like that, like even Imowen, she's swinging for three times as much damage with uh, with the Rasad out. So I think I like I think he's actually a really good pick. So uh, I think it's I think it's more of a East card the way I'd play this. But well, time will tell. All he's right. way more useful in this than he is in the freaking video game. I can tell you that much. <laughs> it's a trash in that. Absolute trash. 
All right, everyone. Well, that's going to wrap up the spice section. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, these are going to be big tucks, cuts, and adds to the deck. That will be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no-budget recommendation. The only restriction is no mana-only lands. All right, big tuck. What was going to be the first card that you wanted to cut from this deck? And what was the card that you decided to add? So I, the way I'm thinking of this is like, I'm going to want this deck to go kind of wider, right? We're going to have okay. a bunch of creatures. We're going to be attacking in and that sort of thing. And I like the fact that we can make things unblockable, but I think we need a little, uh, maybe a few more effects that are a little broader. And also there was one key ingredient that you did not include in this, which is shame on you too, really, but that's fine. So in that regard, I'm going to cut Prowler's Helm. Two colorless for an, for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature can't be blocked except by walls. Equipped two. Fine card. I like it. I think it's a great way of stacking evasion, but I want stuff that is even broader for our evasion package. And we talked about drawing cards off of... We talked about drawing cards to get to uh, Approach of the Second Sun, right? So what's another way to draw a free card every turn? Rexian Arena. Very close. Uh, but we are talking about the Monarch, baby. And the card that I chose, I only chose one. I only chose one was Keeper of the Keys. So three colorless double blue for a 4-4 four, four creature human rogue mutant. When it enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you're the Monarch, creatures you control can't be blocked this turn. So I'm hoping that if we get him out fast enough and early enough, we'll be able to keep the Monarch as we're building up our armies, as well as we continue to build up our little token boys to be blocking so we can hold on to the Monarch, get unblockable, take the initiative back, and do whatever else we need to on our turns. Keeper of what? Keeper of keys. Like key bumps. Think about it that way. Oh, for some reason, Scryfall could not, like... It, just <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't working it. for you? Yeah, like I, I'm literally over here in Google trying to fucking freaking find this card. All right. So I think uh, this is, I mean, it's on flavor for you. So um, I, I don't have a lot to say here. I think here's the thing I don't like about this card. And just being honest, um, it triggers you have to, it. You have to have it on your upkeep. Yep. Yeah. And so you have zero ways of controlling that. So if anything, I think this is, you're never actually going to get this whole creature as you control can't be blocked this turn. I, I genuinely don't think you're going to. Um, because, well, people are going to be swinging at you anyway, buddy. Because um, they need to, you know, get that initiative. And, uh, um, you know, they, they just need those effects. So don't know what to tell you, but I we'll, don't we'll, think we'll that's going to work out. We'll we'll see we'll see when we build yeah. it. And this is also I think this is the most expensive card at two sixty that I'm doing this whole trip, <laughs> this whole cut and add section. All right. Well, what are you doing for under fifty? So this is one that we've cut before. Um, I think this is going to have the same problem with the second ability from Azor, but Secret Door for me I think is kind of an easy one to get out of it. Get out. We're trying. To, I try not to cut too much out of the spice, but this is one that is like. Eh. So Secret Doors, uh, one blue for an Orphor Defender wall. It's a common, four colorless and a blue. Venture into the dungeon. Activate only as a sorcery. I think, I think like just like what you said with Azur, I think we are not going to be having piles of mana left over to get going, right? So, and I think I really want to focus in on the blinking part of the deck, right? With the commander, with the background and everything there. So I'd rather have, I'd rather have the spot for a card that I can blink in and out as opposed to paying for it. So this one to me is just like kind of slow. 
it can't even attack that sort of thing just not my favorite card out of not my favorite card with the venture on it yeah no and that's fair and honestly the reason it was it was in the deck is single mana it's yeah. a blocker to protect your initiative and then you i guess go if you don't have anything to do i guess you can venture but uh it's easily one that can be upgraded into something better sure and that card for me is I think this card is very good. Feywild Visitor, the other one that we we're talking about that generates our little flying boys. So two colorless into blue for legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have whenever one or more token creatures you control deal combat damage to a player. Create a one-one blue fairy t- uh, dragon creature token with flying. We're going to be spreading out a little bit now. I'll show you as to why here in a little bit, but. Even just generating an additional 1-1 flyer to block with, to take the initiative back, to take the Monarch back with, every turn for me on your turn is well worth the investment on these things. It's an enchantment. It's hard to remove. It's going to really make people think about, like, this one, I mean, if you compare it to the other backgrounds that we have in here, this one's going to fly totally under the radar, and you'll have this generating value for you the entire game. At least that's been my experience with it. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, th- this You're not this sold on this really... one either? No, not at all. Um, especially because it's one or more, you right. get one, one, one. That sucks. That's not well, that's good. What, that's if you, it's per player. So you get three, if you get into, if you get in a point of damage on three different players. Sure. But now we're starting to go extremely wide, uh, with, with where our damage is going. Sure. And it's not, it's not like you're going wide as in, I'm trying to throw a lot of bodies at, a, at my opponents. It's, I'm just going wide because I'm sprinkling the, the damage around. And this isn't going to be a deck that I think can do that type of strategy. I think oh. you're going to have to think more Voltron-esque where I'm more focusing my damage on one opponent. But then when I spread it around, it's just purely to get that initiative or Monarch back. Which, by the way, I don't, now I don't know if I want to be at a table with this deck. Because we're going to have Monarch. We're going to have initiative. It's like, wait, who has what? Who's on first? <laughs> yes. Uh, initiative is the terrible. hardest because you have to have the... You have to have the card that has the front, and then everyone needs to have their own back end of it. So this is I've noticed initiative is the one that kind of gets gets forgotten about pretty quickly. All right. Well, what are you doing for the no budget? Um, you usually don't go too crazy here, no. but what, what are you thinking? So the one, again, this was really hard to do, and another one that I didn't like because it has to deal damage was Shortcut Seeker. So that one is... Three colorless and a blue for a 2-5 human rogue. And then when it deals combat damage to a player, venture into the dungeon. I would much rather have the blink effects of this. If this was just on attack, like I think the much better version of this, which is the Dragon Paladin. Like I think that card is so much better um, even at a lower cost. This The Shortcut Seeker to me just didn't really, didn't really jump out. Doesn't have any evasion. Kind of a chonky boy. Doesn't give you the initiative or anything. So I think we can do a little better. That's interesting because, see, I thought this was up your alley. It's it's a 2-5, so it has a big butt, so it sure. works really well with your spice card that you liked. And it forces combat damage to be able to get the thing. And I, I would think in your head, you're like, well, I'm going to be swinging anyways. At least now I can get it. Um, so th- that's an interesting cut. But I- I'm sure you just have some ETB initiative venture thing that'll just get you that a little bit quicker. Or do I? Or... Do I have a way that all these little trinklets and all these little tastes over the course of the game will end up winning it for us? Because if we are creating tokens, if we are going to the red zone with unblockable creatures, and if we want another way to boost this up a little bit in the mana perspective, I'm going to take you to the stadium, my friend. 
We're going to go to the stadium, have an ice cold beer, and then I'm going to knock someone out of the game when they're not looking at it. Because Strixhaven Stadium is the card for this deck. It's amazing. Three colors for an artifact. Tap for uh, colorless. Put a point counter on Strixhaven Stadium. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to you, remove a point counter from it. But whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to an opponent, put a combat counter on it. Then if it has 10 or more point counters on it, remove them all, and that player loses the game. Little baby dragons going in. Three, five, uh... Giant, uh, what was that one? There's one in here that I think is awesome. Goliath Paladin going in, get in the red zone. All these flyers, all this evasion that we go in on here. It's great. This is going to blow someone out of the water and they're not even going to see it coming. It's amazing. Uh, sure. That's why I told um, you I have, I have two, I have two must have tuck cards of these builds. And then one that I think is efficient to get into those other tuck cards. And it ramps you for free. It doesn't ramp you for free. It costs three mana for a colorless. But I'm saying, like, it it pays for itself, sort of, right? Over the course of a handful of turns. It's amazing. It's fine. It's fine. It's got to go so well in this deck. I'm telling you. I I just want the community to have it on record that Tuck talks about these (laughs) pie-in-the-sky mechanics and loops. And genuinely, I don't think he could even drunkenly lie and say that he's ever actually been able to do this stuff consistently. I have okay, I have been able to do this one before in the rogue deck. That was awesome. <laughs> but that's a little bit different. They're all pretty much unblockable. Correct. Not yes, like, yeah. well, if I have this thing out that I've, I've you completed got this the thing dungeon, and then that so my, thing. I have unblockable, and I have to have the monarch at the beginning of my upkeep. Um, We're drawing a gazillion cards. That. And I got it's like ten great. here. Just good lord. <laughs> It's it's how it's how you work. The other oh the card I didn't get to talk about either that I think is going to be I know why you put it into the grains, but I think open into wonder into this deck is mm-hmm. probably it's like I think it's like all three kind of right. So for those just real quick because I know we're we're wrapping up here shortly. Uh, X blue blue for sorcery. X target creatures can't be blocked this turn until on turn those creatures also gain whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player draw a card. I feel like that that is going to be one of like the cornerstones for me in this deck, right? Like if you draw that card, I think you it gives you so much opportunities to either do a bunch of damage, get whatever you need back, refill your hand, just just what a blowout. Yeah, that was actually a, a last minute addition by Marketing Ross, so you can oh, definitely nice. thank him for that one. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and, and the main reason for me in Grain was just like, uh, I guess you could put four into it, get a couple things unblockable, get the draw initiative two. back, yeah. cross a, draw a couple cards. But yeah, it absolutely could be a game winner at the end of the game. Well, everyone, thanks for hanging out with us. And you're at the end of the episode. Uh, if you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe to our Twitch or at least follow our Twitch channel. We haven't really looked at like what subscribing and gifting and stuff like that looks like on oh, Twitch. Yeah. Um, but subscribe to us on YouTube if that's where you're watching us now. Or if you're listening to us a week later, still subscribe to YouTube, but also wherever you get us on your podcast platforms. Um, if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can get to me at Mr. Comet number five on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, what's your gimmick? I didn't. I have not had time to breathe this week, so I just I I, I want to applaud you because you were getting all up in you were all up in the, the Twitterverse this week. I saw that. I was trying. I was trying. <laughs> so yeah, I was. Uh, I just didn't have the time this week. <laughs> Well, you you guys can also follow our primary account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. And we will be every Sunday before noon central. Uh, You know, it could be at noon. It might be a little bit before. It just kind of depends. But by noon 
every central time on Sundays, uh, you guys will be getting a pinned tweet uh, with our schedule for that week. So uh, if it's a live like we're doing right now, which I guess all of these are technically live, but when you're listening to them, they're like, in they're the future, like, how does that work? Um, it's like everything everywhere all at once. I think I said that movie title, right? Yes. So uh, I want to see that movie. I've heard great things. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Five out of so, five, four and a half, five out of five, I think. So we'll have live <laughs> listed if it is going to be a live recording. If it's the recorded from the previous week's live, it'll just have it listed. But you guys should be getting at least three to five pieces of CMD Tower content every single week. So make sure you follow that uh, primary Twitter account so you guys can be up to date on it. If you guys would like to actually see this deck list, a lot of the cuts and ads or even links to the videos, just go to our website, cmdtower.com slash bnbe151. Basically, type in, I'm surprised you didn't talk about it, Cathar's Crusade, Midnight oh, Pathfighter, yeah. Delver's Torch, Tower.com. And, you know, just kind of a quick little recap. If you guys are looking to support us, um, you can do it through a myriad of ways. Patreon.com slash CMD Tower, Abyss Proxy Shop, Code CMD Tower, or Etsy.com CMD Tower in the search bar. All three ways are different avenues that you guys can help us out financially. If you like the content we're pushing out, um, it's definitely not going to my private yacht, which is the size, I think, of a Lego. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I, I can uh, you know, do one of those trade-up scenarios where someone like takes a pin and gets a Ferrari. Uh, that's what we're trying to do. And we can only do that with your help. Oh, I was like, wait, what? It's like the thing where you're like, you, it, someone trade, you trade the pen for a bag of oranges, and then you keep going up that way, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think there's actually some like annoying young kid that has a uh, popular YouTube channel where he does that. But I'll see his stuff pop up on facebook where it's like he'll show up to a tcg convention and have a pokemon card he's trying to like elevate it up to like a, a graded nine hollow first edition charizard or something like that um and you know it's whatever but say yes to the deck emowyn is traveling far what did you think big tuck we already know you already said yes you yes. sob um but now that we've talked through it are you more excited are you a little hesitant and how would this play in your play group? I think this would play great. Um, I think this would, I think this is like pretty much a fastball down the middle for our play group. Um, they like these sort of bizarro mechanics. I don't think it's too aggressive in some in some regards. So yeah, I like I'm still I'm still super psyched about it. Um, there's a lot of different ways I think you could take it too. Like when you start talking about Voltron, it's like, isn't there something there's is, I think there's some Voltron piece where it's like when you've completed a dungeon, it gets something something i think that's there's something along those lines so i could kind of see it going that direction um but i just like the fact that you just get all these different interactions with the dungeons and how, it's such a cool mechanic i also i i also acknowledge the irony that i pissed all over the first adventures in the forgotten realm set and was really really pissed off about it um and i guess i've since come around to it i've also started watching a lot of Baldur's gate videos online which i don't think is a healthy thing for me to do but um probably not we should probably probably next that, but no, I I really I really think you outdid yourself with this one. Um, I think it was it was right down the middle for what I was looking for. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, like I said, you know, it was definitely trying to because it's it's sometimes difficult to build in a color pie and go mm. against what that color pie wants to do, which Azorius yeah. wants to somewhat control the board, in my opinion. Yeah, and for sure. you know, being able to find this kind of cool, unique initiative uh approach uh you know I, i'm i'm super super glad that you liked it and, and i think and, the cool well i was gonna say to your point about the azorius thing too is like 
it, it wants to blink, right? And a lot of times they yeah. just blink crap with Brago and all that stuff. But we're like playing into that theme, but like doing it in a different way, which I think is like another reason why it's so great. And the other thing I like about this is if initiative becomes a uh, reprinted mechanic. Yeah. I easily think you could swap out the commander in the background for whatever the next Azorius version is. Um, And I don't think backgrounds are going to go away. So I actually think you could have this cool 98 card pile and almost have like a, well, what commander is going to fit me best today? And, And that's really, really neat. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like I said, I think it's I think it's a sweet deck. Um, <laughs> I am tr- I am gone for another two more weekends out of this month, so my deck building time is not going to be existent. Uh, but this is I the Azorius one is something I'm going to tear down. So it, I think it wouldn't be too hard to put this one back together. Well, there you go. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in, and as always, get handed.